0: Underpowered hour on this week's show. The Land Rover Defender gets a TikTok. Events are going on around the country. And then we talk about Resto Mod Brakes, disc brake conversions. And now, without further delay, here's the show. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Steve Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about our cars and what we're working on at the or follow us on Instagram at The I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss. Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the manual choke
1: to Steven's electronic fuel injection. I'm the sputtery but rich running engine of podcasting. Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram, at Pangolin4x4. Let's get started.
0: All right, Ike. Well, uh, this week in Land Rover news, some exciting news about the Defender. The new Defender has- What's it doing now? Well, it's become a uh, middle-aged housewife uh, in that it's got a TikTok account. Oh, it's yeah. become an influencer. It's become an influencer. Yeah. Finally, nice. you'll be able to see it reproduce the dances from that Wednesday show. Uh, it'll be able to do the ice bucket challenge, which I'm sure is not a TikTok thing because that's from like five years ago. But, you know, it's finally going to be able to appeal to, uh, I think, what, 12 to 18 year olds, which I, th- I know is a target market for the, the, the new defenders. So people who can barely own a car, I think it's important.
1: So what you're saying is the uh, the Chinese government now has a backdoor into your new Defender. Is that's that what exactly I'm hearing?
0: Right. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and now I don't know if you could, do you think you can TikTok on the in-car uh, entertainment system of the new Defender? I, I'm sure you could, yeah. and
1: uh, it will probably result in multiple lawsuits. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really know how a car gets a TikTok. No, uh, so a, ca- a car has a
0: social media account. How does yep. that happen? It does. It has a social media account, and it has a British uh, musician uh, who is the official sort of music uh-huh. collaborator music for The Defender. Okay. Uh, it has, uh, yeah, a number of things. So well, I don't know. I don't have the TikTok. Liza does, obviously. She's a big TikToker. Um, you know, I know you have uh, the uh, the TikTok. Uh, oh, do but, I? Uh, yeah. I oh, me. yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It's, uh, it's entirely uh, hidden camera footage of you. That uh, Linus and uh, Jenna have been doing that's, for the last like five years. Yeah, it's, very, amazing. Popular. Yeah, it's amazing. very popular.
1: That's yep. amazing. that's amazing. I yeah, I'm not really sure how this uh, how this all plays out. Uh, what do you think the personality that will be on display? Is it you know some of these uh, corporate social media accounts are sassy, you know, or yeah. like yeah. Uh, you know Slim Jim or Wendy's, yeah. you know, they're, they're and they constantly get in little feuds with their competitors, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, mm-hmm on on the social media what what do you think the
0: the, the land Rover one's going to be what's its yeah. personality going to be that's pretty fun actually i think yeah it would be fun if it if it took on the persona of one of your famous like uh, british uh, insult comics maybe it's a ricky gervais is is it gonna,
1: is it gonna troll <laughs> other troll. suv manufacturers it's like
0: extremely racist tirades oh, about jeeps maybe yeah i don't know i don't that's know uh, hopefully not hopefully that's not the case maybe it'll have that uh, cute little voice like that italian greyhound does you know mm. that's uh It'll try on cute outfits, maybe. You know, I don't is know. that what you're hoping will happen? Yeah, the defender trying on cute <laughs> outfits. Yeah, I think that'd be great. I'd, I'd watch that. I mean, that's come on. creepy.
1: That's yeah. creepy. Let's be honest. <laughs> that's creepy. Um, yeah. You know, uh, this is a weird thing. This is a weird time in our lives where, uh, you know, we've personified everything. You it's know, true. Uh, yeah. it's just we're sort of anthropomorphizing absolutely everything. Everything. You yeah. know, the other thing that's annoying is like when there's a special edition of a car that mm-hmm. doesn't really make sense. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the astronaut edition of a car perhaps, yeah. or yeah, the, perhaps that, okay. uh, the, the motorcycle edition of a truck, like the yes. famous Harley Davidson, like edition Ford F one yep. fifty. Yeah. I don't understand that. How do you have a motorcycle edition of a truck? Like <laughs> you take two <laughs> wheels off. What do you <laughs> do Day with that? Loud, right? yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good point. Yeah. I, uh, I think that, you know, we live in a, in a strange time of cross marketing and cross branding and, uh, yeah, I mean, we have a TikTok. The uh, Underpowered Hour, uh, you know, has a, so a TikTok. Yeah. So
1: is there going to be a TikTok edition Defender? No, We're going to have like monogram cool. TikTok seats?
0: TikTok seats, and it would, uh, you could only drive it for 15 seconds at a time. Um, I don't know. It's yeah. <laughs> just a normal Land Rover. It's just a normal, it's just <laughs> every Defender is that edition. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the, you know, the TikTok edition might have, instead of the, um, you know, forward-facing kind of traffic camera or whatever the regular defender has it would instead have an inner facing selfie camera mounted inside of the car so that at any time any time maybe there's a steering wheel mounted tiktok button so that you could immediately do a tiktok and it would post right from the defender that'd be cool you can get that going yeah
1: you can just put it in autonomous driving mode and then do your your social media
0: your social media yeah Hmm. Hey, it's a wild time we live in. There's a market for it. Speaking of a market for uh, His Majesty's Defender, Destination Defender is coming back again this November. This time it'll be in Texas, of all uh, the places. So moving from the East Coast uh, to the Mid Midcoast uh, to Texas, and uh, it will be a- another weekend of Defender-centric events. They're going to have camping. They're going to have glamping. They're going to have whatever other kind of camping you can have. You know, it's going to be great. There's going to be uh, all kinds of uh, vendors there and kind of uh, festival atmosphere. The tent talks are going to be back. uh, And I know that, uh, you know, there'll be uh, tons of tons of stuff going on. So we will be there at the Destination Defender uh, in Texas underpowered hour is going to texas
1: i uh yeah i need to to
0: speak with my lawyer i've uh texas is one of those states that's yeah, one of those yeah, not previously to. been allowed in right exactly um yeah. and i have to start securing one of those giant hats like uh, haas had on uh, bonanza A one, one yeah, of those, 10 one gallon hat on a five uh, gallon head it's gonna be great <laughs> it's gonna be great i can't wait i be <laughs> entirely inside of it i'm actually planning on <laughs> camping in the hat uh over, you know, throughout the weekend so yeah, I think uh, perhaps we'll look at doing some uh, underpowered hour uh, destination defender uh, edition Stetson hats. You know, we'll all have uh, the uh, cowboy hats, and we can, uh, you know, we can. Uh, I don't know, rope things maybe. I don't know. What do you do in Texas? Uh, eat barbecue and, uh, yeah, rope steers. What, yeah, what rope do you steers, think? Drill yeah. for some oil, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, there it's you go. Be great. Let's, be do fun. Some, Let's do be some really do some rooting and tooting shootin and shooting and shooting and booting and yeah it's gonna be great it's gonna be great i'm looking forward to it actually i I really enjoyed the last uh, bring your line dancing boots oh yeah of course i don't leave without my line dancing boots are you wearing them right now i'm wearing them right now Yeah, and my line and my uh my line dancing uh short pants that's great whoa not yet another reason not to go (laughs) now i'm not sure that liza and uh, uh jenna and everyone will have an opportunity to perform with collective soul again uh This year, uh, as uh, that as was happened, a special moment, it was a special moment. Eliza yeah. will always remember that. She sure solo will. With Collective Soul, she was briefly a member of Collective Soul. Yeah, and, yeah, it was pretty. She's yeah. the what, eighth member of
1: Collective Soul. I can't Maybe, remember. No, I'm
0: not exactly yeah. sure how many of there are, but yeah, she's a big she's a big Collective Soul fan. It was. Uh, I have.
1: We have photographic yeah. evidence. We should. Oh, we yeah. should post that, oh, on, we'll the, post uh, that on
0: the Facebook. On, on the Facebook, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty fantastic. I have to say the uh, the old. Uh, the old Collective Soul uh,
1: performance. I've never seen a person uh, more embarrassed, and I can't decide who it w- was, whether it was right. the lead singer of Collective Soul or, or with, with or like... Liza. Yeah,
0: no, it was weird, because <laughs> he immediately, you could tell, immediately regretted the decision. He <laughs> was like, this is a bad idea. Because, uh, you know, she immediately upstaged him, you know, they're like, wow, this is, this is really, this is really yeah. into it, really into the performance. I think when she started sort of playing the guitar with her tongue, you know, like Gene Simmons style, That's where they were like, this may have been a mistake. This this is getting out of control. Yeah, it's getting Um, out of control.
1: You know, uh, for those of you that don't know, last year we went to Destination Defender, Mm -hmm. and uh, there was a surprise performance by the 2000s band?
0: I think uh, so, yeah. 2000s, maybe. Yeah, Yeah, early
1: 2000s, Collective Soul uh, was a band. So there was a performance by them, and they selected out of the crowd at random Mm -hmm. Liza Barris for a uh, very... Intimate solo,
0: yeah, that's right. Exactly, that's exactly right.
1: And uh, Liza did not have any interest in participating. It was pretty good though. She she just yeah just basically cried in
0: embarrassment. But everyone else loved it. So everyone else, we loved it. Yeah, they um we promised Collective Soul a ride in the rally car too, and uh, we never delivered on that. So you know, I know maybe you'll get another chance. They're a big fan of the show, so uh, that invitation is always open. Yeah, come on down. It is, it's only two wheel drive right now, but uh, with that new engine, man, it uh, it goes. It's got a John Eels engine in it now, so it uh, she rips. She Pretty rips exciting stuff in two wheel drive. She rips in two wheel drive. Yeah. So, um,
1: speaking of ripping in two wheel drive,
0: is yeah. that uh, Freelander on the road yet? You know, uh we we did have a uh, a small uh, bump in the road as we got the wrong O2 sensors. We you know have the saying. right ones now. Mm-hmm. Um but we have not gotten back to that project. Uh, we had uh, James' James's Subaru in doing some brake work. Uh, the back brake pad was all the way down to the metal of the brake pad. I've like heard about that happening on the Freelander. No, this is on, no, yeah. on James's Subaru, yeah. Still be doing well. Yeah. So we got that done. Now it's uh you know the Freelander's back in the queue, uh, but uh, we won't get to it this weekend because we are heading up to uh, Northern California to pick up the forward control from our good friend Carlos and Mike and a whole bunch of people will be there actually. So we that's are amazing. Going to, who else will yeah, be there? Uh, maybe a Camel Trophy person possibly. What? That's amazing. Um, you know, uh, Abigail is going to be there with us. Chris is uh, who doesn't listen to the show is coming up uh, to help. So. It's gonna be a party. We're gonna shoot the whole thing, and uh, it's we'll, gonna be uh, a hoedown. Yeah, we'll have it on the old YouTube uh, here uh, shortly. We're also the forward almost, control
1: recovery. Forward
0: control recovery. So is this yeah. is
1: this the beginning of Stephen's off road recovery?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, Stephen's driveway recovery. <laughs> Stephen's <laughs> driveway recovery. Yeah, you know, I also have there's a, a woman I've been talking to whose uh, unfortunately a father passed away and left behind uh, quite a number of cars. Uh, unfortunately, she called me right after she sold a Delorean for like eighteen grand, which I would have bought all day long. But he had a number of Bentleys, a number of Rolls Royces, an MG, and a classic Range Rover that Ooh. hasn't moved in eight years, nine years, or something like that. So that's, that's uh, lower than the average number of years of that a Range Rover classic that, has yeah, been exactly. sitting. So we're going to go down at some point in the near future, and uh, we'll get that car running for her. Um, And we're going to shoot that as well because I think a lot of folks probably don't understand the process of going in and checking a car. I mean, nine years isn't honestly that long uh, for a car to be sitting, but, uh, you know, to figure out what's wrong with a car and, uh, you know, do all the things to safely get it running again. And uh, so we're going to do that. We're going to make a YouTube video about that as well. We'll put that up on the old, uh, YouTube so that all the comments can tell us how wrong we are about it is, it. uh, it is a
1: long nine years, is a long time for certain types of cars. And I would say a Range Rover classic might be one of those cars, at least yeah. of that vintage, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, the older a car is the seemingly more tolerant of sitting.
0: They tend to be, but, yeah, they uh, tend to be, yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it looks and, uh, you know, we'll get her all primed up and, uh, you know, get the fuel drained out and put some new fuel in there and, uh, See if we can get it started. You know, why not? It uh, likely will start, I'm sure, because as all cars that haven't run in forever, it was running when it was parked, because that's why you park it and then leave it for nine years because it's just running perfectly.
1: So well, when you have nine Bentleys or whatever that is, what, why would you? Why would you? I wanted Are those, to are, you know, people. you sent me some pictures of the Bentleys and yeah. uh, at least one of them is just
0: uh, full of rats. It had, like I said, generations of rats have lived and died in that uh, engine Bay. Yeah. It's I didn't
1: realize this, but Capital
0: Critters was a documentary filmed in that Range Rover. <laughs> in that Range Rover. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's seriously, I think there were, yeah, there were decades of rats living inside of that car. Um, there are newspapers from like the 1980s that the nest is made out of inside that engine. So it is not, lo- it has not moved in a real time. Wow. So, uh, yeah, so they're, uh, they're taking that over to the, uh, Bentley Rolls Royce folks here in Los Angeles. There happens to be, as you can imagine, quite a number of places that deal with old, uh, Bentleys and, um, uh, Rolls Royces and they're going to get the, that car running again. They didn't think it was going to be too bad to get it running again. So, uh. Kind of interesting. And it's wow. a nice car. The interior is in perfect shape because it was just closed up and left there. And unfortunately, the engine was accessible um, to rodents. But I guess the interior wasn't because the interior is still in really good shape. I mean, it's everything's dusty, but it's in really good shape. And even the paint is actually not in bad shape. You know, like that's, it would polish up and be quite nice, I think.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Well, uh, when uh, a Bentley Rolls-Royce repair shop in Los Angeles tells you that it's not going to be that bad to get that running. I think you should treat that with some level of skepticism <laughs> as far as the ultimate cost of, <laughs> cost of that, getting yeah. that vehicle going yeah. again. Yeah. That exactly, doesn't yeah. seem like an inexpensive endeavor. Yeah, it is.
0: Uh, I, I'm sure it won't be. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we'll have more of that, you know, head on over to the YouTube. We've almost, almost ready to launch the big UK summer trip, uh, YouTube series, cool. our first YouTube series. It is, uh, Abigail and I are hard at work at on it, uh, right now. And, uh, That'll be out in the coming weeks. And then along with that, we have some fantastic interviews uh, that uh, Liza and I did while we were there. One with your favorite guy, uh, Michael Bishop, Land Rover aficionado, uh, modern day Roger Craythorn, a generally uh, cheery Australian bloke. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we talked about all kinds of fun stuff. And then uh, we also did an interview with Camel Trophy legends, both Duncan Barber. And your friend Bob Ives. That's incredible and amazing, and amazing, yeah.
1: incredible. That's some that's some grade A
0: content right there. Yeah, it really is. And it's brought to you by uh, your friends at the Underpowered Hour. So there you go. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be a it's gonna be a fun uh, fall of content both on YouTube and uh, here on the old uh, podcast. So if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, you should head over there and check it out. It's uh, pretty neat. We've got lots of good stuff on there. Obviously, all the episodes. Of the podcast, but also little tool tips and adventures with Bob Ives in the snow and all kinds of uh, great stuff. So, speaking of adventures in your Land Rover, uh, we here in Southern California are no less than uh, what, like two weeks away from the uh, venerable uh, Rover Rendezvous, this 23rd Rover Rendezvous, uh, celebrating the 70th anniversary, 75th anniversary of uh, His Majesty's Land Rover. So, Uh, that is happening uh, September 15th through the 17th up in Big Bear Lake. So if you are interested uh, in either coming down to Southern California or if you're in Southern California and you forgot this thing happens every year in September, uh, then go ahead and uh, get to space. There's still uh, camping space is pretty full, if not totally full, I think at the main event site, but there's a secondary event site that isn't full yet. And then of course hotels and things in the town of big bear and, uh, yeah, lots of fun trails, uh, lots of great raffle prizes, man, big, big raffle, uh, big raffle year. I gotta tell you, and not just because that's one of my areas of, uh, of supervision, but, uh, it's a big year. Got some good stuff. Got a winch from uh, your friends uh, at super winch. That's impressive. You know, we've got, uh, we've got all kinds of fantastic rovers North Xmore Trim. Uh, we've got Safety Devices has sent some stuff. Mm-hmm. We've got Unsafe Devices has sent some Whoa. stuff. Yeah, we've got uh, Atlantic British. Lots of great stuff from Eric and the team there. Uh, we've got uh, so much, so much good stuff. We've got a high-lift jack, the most dangerous of jacks from your friends at the Underpowered Hour. Uh, we've got uh, that, that Ike has actually uh, used. Uh, it was buried out in the yard for a couple of years, and uh, yeah. Ike dug it up. And we wrapped it in cellophane and, and shipped it out. So It's crushed a lot of people, that, Jack. Yeah, it's 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 a killer. That's why it was buried out there. It was like a pet cemetery sort of situation. But.
1: You know, I uh, I just lived uh, right up the road from uh, Bloomfield Manufacturing Company in Indiana. And yeah. uh, let me tell you, that's, uh, that's a classic piece of recovery equipment. But, uh, you know, people were built a little different back then. And uh, losing an eye wasn't really a big deal. But yeah, nowadays, true. you know, people frown on that. but They, they uh, don't, yeah. I, I don't know. I think uh, the current generation
0: needs to have the opportunity to lose some fingers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, break a couple of fingers, you know? Yeah. Hey, it's, uh, it builds character, you know? Builds, builds character. character. So that's the uh, Rover Rendezvous that's happening uh, here uh, very shortly. And uh, yeah, so if you're interested, uh, get your tickets. There's still tickets available, still raffle tickets available. Speaking of mm. events mm-hmm. on
1: the West Coast of the United mm-hmm. States, mm-hmm. the long time. British all British field meet oh, yeah. is happening in Portland, Oregon. Oh yeah, and uh, that is uh, kind of an interesting one because it's uh, supported by uh, many of the local British car clubs, so mm-hmm. uh, Jaguar Club, uh, MG Club, Triumph Club, uh, Land Rover Club, of course, and uh, that's being uh, held on September eighth through nice. the tenth. And uh, this is a this is a really fantastic event. You know, always uh, an incredible turnout folks come from canada mm-hmm. folks come up from california mm-hmm. over from you know idaho and and further east some really neat things it's like a mini goodwood you know you've wow. got your vintage racing there you know oh, cool. so um yeah. you know many uh, vintage race cars are campaigned you got your minis mm. you got your jaguars you got uh you know some other vintage race cars that show up there and are not especially or particularly british but uh you know of the period and uh campaign against one another so you'll get to. Uh, you know Corvette Stingrays versus E-types and uh you know there's a lot of uh there's a lot of neat stuff that happens at that event and then you got a big swap meet and you've got uh, about a 1000 cars in 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 past years wow. that uh, show wow. up on the field you know we've had some years where there's some really good turnout and uh, some really fantastic automobiles so if you like that and you're in the Portland area or would like to be uh check it out there's always a good turnout of Land Rovers too um it's always usually, you know, 100 or 200 Land Rovers that show up. And Land Rover is the featured mark this year. So, mm. of course, uh, yeah, come on down. They'll have some uh, special displays of particularly neat vehicles and whatnot. So it'll be cool. Are you bringing something out to the meet? What are you going to bring out there? I'm told that I, am, uh, I'm, I'm, I need to bring something. And I'll also be doing a uh, walking tour mm. of uh, Land Rover history. That's uh, another thing that I'm, I'm
0: supposed to be doing there. Oh, wow. I uh yep. I can't wait. We're gonna have to we should record your walking tour. Yep. Like an audio book, like a Rick Steves, and you can just sort of you can just listen yeah, to gonna, it. They're gonna record pace. it and
1: then uh they're gonna hand it out well, like on Walkman's that you can yeah. rent.
0: Yeah. That you can rent and just yeah. sort of uh yeah, like people in Italy. It's gonna yeah. be great. It's gonna be great. Yeah. The so series three Land Rover.
1: So there's there's uh camping, local accommodations, you know, there's some food on site, uh, you know, there's all that stuff. But big event. It's at the Portland international raceway Mm. september 8th through the 10th 2023 so uh be there or be square
0: yeah that's coming up wow it's a busy uh it's a busy couple weeks for a busy busy few months actually there's all the east coast stuff happening too uh coming up pretty uh pretty soon here on the east coast so yeah a good a good place to find that information if you are so inclined is the old anarch website as many, many Land Rover clubs are obviously members of Anarch and they put all their events up there. So if you're interested in that, uh go ahead and take a look. Or uh John Cossage has started doing a like a weekly or sorry, a monthly rundown of all the events that are going on through Anarch on his show. So if you listen to that show, you get the get the rundown.
1: Yeah. Great. And the best part yeah. is it uh takes so long for him to do the show, it just goes on to the next month. So just it's just a, a continuous it's just a list.
0: continuous stream. It's like a live stream <laughs> that never um, ends. Um Yeah, it never ends. And uh, speaking of a live stream that uh, never ends, uh, this is uh, part two, part deux, big cliffhanger resolution of our two-part series on Resto Mod brakes for your series Land Rover. So last uh, week, we talked about uh, adding a brake booster, right? A vacuum assist, electric assist, whatever you want to do to make that uh, pedal uh, feel a little better, a little less effort uh, to using those vintage brakes. But step, uh, maybe step two, or maybe a different option is instead of just making the existing brakes better, why not put on a more modern set of brakes? So, uh, I, let's talk about disc brake conversions for your Series Land Rover.
1: So, uh, yeah, disc brake conversions. I think it's uh, it's not uncommon for people to. This is a question we get asked a lot. How do I convert my vehicle to disc brakes and what's the best way to go about it? So yeah. uh, we'll talk about that because there's a there's a few different ways to go for different budget options. And last week we talked about uh, increasing the line pressure mm-hmm. with a servo mm-hmm. uh, vacuum booster. Now, that's not the only way to increase the line pressure. You can also do a hydro boost system where, you, mm-hmm. you know, if your car has power steering already, yep. you can use the pressure from the hydraulic system to increase the line pressure in the braking system. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's another way to go about that. But the factory used uh, vacuum servo, and in the last episode, we talked about the best way to go about installing that servo assist on your series Land Rover and adding another braking circuit. So this week, we're going to talk a little bit about disc brakes and the different kinds. So, you know, Land Rover introduced disc brakes with the the Range Rover, really. In 1970, and so that style of brake was used really up until about 2017 when they ceased producing the Defender. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: And, and is it true that disc brakes were invented by Jaguar? Is that, a, is, that is that true? Do you, you know, know? There's that's a true? number
1: of manufacturers that claim to have introduced the disc brake, and mm-hmm. uh, you know Jaguar is one of those. But um, Crosley, the American manufacturer, yeah, I think was the first company to sell a disc brake. On their car, I could be wrong on that. You know, if there's a viewer out there that knows, you know, they can uh, write in or call in and and correct me on that. But um, I believe Crosley introduced the disc brake in the in the 40s. So Powell Crosley, interesting character in automotive history. Anyway, back to disc brakes uh, on on your Land Rover. You know, the Defender disc brake is uh, obviously meant to work with a Land Rover of similar size and weight to yep. a Series Land Rover. Now, the older Land Rover vehicles, they use a drum brake. The short wheelbase tend to use a 10-inch drum brake. And Mm -hmm. uh, the long wheelbase use an 11-inch drum brake. Mm -hmm. Now, the disc brake uh, conversion is, you know, something that people debate endlessly about online. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there's folks that they they think the best way is to swap the complete axle from Mm -hmm. a Range Rover Discovery Defender into a series Land Rover. Now, there's Mm -hmm. a few hiccups with doing that. That need to be overcome. Mm-hmm. Sometimes this is the cheapest way to do this project because you know you can just find a junkyard axle that's it's inexpensive and it already has disc brakes. But there's a few things that are different from the Series Land Rover that you have to be aware of and can be a complication to fitting. So the suspension, obviously, of the yeah. Range Rover Defender Discovery is completely different. It uses right. coil springs, mm-hmm. radius arms in the front to locate and suspend the axle. Now, in a Series Land Rover, it has leaf springs, so. Obviously, some of those components are not going to work perfectly together because they occupy different spaces. Yeah. So the Range Rover Discovery Defender, they have the steering arms typically on the back of the axle. So the Mm -hmm. tie rods on the back of the axle. You know, sometimes those steering arms want to occupy the same space as the leaf springs. Mm. So uh, that's an immediate problem because, you know, if you can't steer the car, it's an issue. Yeah, that is. So there's out. various ways that people overcome that with spacers and different arms and, and uh, different methods of attaching the the steering gear to the swivel housings to get that. Now, the other issue is that the axles have a different ratio. Most Range Rovers mm-hmm. and Discoveries and Defenders use a 3.54 ratio, and Series Land Rovers use a 4.7 ratio. Mm-hmm. So if you put these axles into your Land Rover, you immediately lose a lot of low range if you don't also change the differential. Now, the other issue is there they're quite a bit wider. So the mm-hmm. series trucks have uh, about a 56-inch uh, wheel mounting surface measurement, depending on whether it's a series one or two or three. And the Range Rover Discovery Defender, it's about four inches wider, Wow, I yeah. believe. Yeah, yeah. So quite a bit wider, about 60 inches. So the wheel is not going to sit in exactly the same place you know, as it did before. And so that depending on your wheel and tire combination, that could affect. Yeah. Start looking like a micro machine with tires sticking three inches out of the side of the car. Possibly, possibly, depending on what you're running. Like a so those are things car. to consider. There's definitely some drawbacks in that uh, configuration. You know, this uh, the geometry of the swivel is going to be different. Mm-hmm. So the caster of the swivel ball and how it steers, it's going to feel a little different than how the pinion is located. So those are all considerations and complications to right. fitting, you know, just a junkyard axle to your your front of your lander. There's also a number of disc brake bolt-on kits mm-hmm. that have been offered currently and over the years. Mm-hmm. There's a, a Heyesti disc brake conversion out of the Netherlands. I don't think that's produced anymore. It uses a, a swivel housing mm-hmm. that has uh, caliper mounts on it. Mm-hmm. And so it uses the factory Range Rover Discovery Defender disc brake consumable parts so the yeah. rotors and calipers uses those pieces so that's kind of nice and it's it's a little bit of a more like factory setup so it the it, uh, uh, steering components are designed to work with the disc brakes
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they use a I believe a cast iron housing like the original swivels so cool pretty cool but not readily available and I've heard right. there's some you know fitment issues as far as like the location of the holes for the swivel seal retainer kind of needs them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some work and that sort of thing. But uh, if you come across one of those used, might be a good solution for you. But I don't think they're available new anywhere. Right. The company design and development
0: in the UK, mm-hmm.
1: Brian yeah. Bush, I believe, is the yeah, owner Brian there. And the,
0: and the gang there. Yeah. A good yeah, good they, bunch
1: of lads. They sell a disc brake conversion, which is currently available. And mm-hmm. I would say it's m- probably more on the budget end of the spectrum.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It uh, uses a caliper mount that bolts to your existing swivel housing. Yeah. And uh, this is sort of a newer production of an older design. So there was a fellow in the UK who was uh, producing these brackets in his garage, and it was kind of a, you know, you do it yourself sort of disc brake conversion. You get the bracket, and then you have to machine your own hubs and do all these things in order to fit the, the brakes to your car. And Brian's kit uh, is a lot nicer than those older kits, but it uses the same concept. Right. In that you have a caliper bracket that bolts to your swivel housing, caliper bolts to that, and then uh, you have a modified Land Rover hub to Mm -hmm. which the rotor bolts. Mm -hmm. And uh, Brian's kit is, uh, it has, I believe now it supplies a machined hub and the bracket and hardware Mm -hmm. and other things. Mm Mm-hmm. So the issue with that is it puts the caliper in a place that interferes with the stock wheels. So on a oh, series lander. Okay. So you have to run an aftermarket wheel mm-hmm. combination to clear the caliper. Okay. So uh, it's uh it's good in that it, it's it's a a little bit of a budget setup, yeah. you know, yeah. it uh you it's don't less need a machine expensive. shop in order to uh, implement it. You don't need a machine shop to implement it as you did the previous generation right. of this kit. Yeah. And it uses, uh, you know, factory Land Rover parts for yep. the conversion. So those yep. are the kind of the pros. The cons are you
0: got to get the new wheels. And uh, wheel, for yeah. some people that have a classic vehicle, that's maybe a deal breaker. And they don't want the wheels. Now, does that mean you can get, I mean, you could still get a steel wheel that would fit over top of that with the right uh, bolt pattern. It just wouldn't be the you original.
1: Yeah. Thing. And you might be able to even run a wheel spacer. I would mm. have to, you'd have to check with design and development on that. Right, but right. Um, because it uses the original yeah. swivel housing... That cuts down on the cost, but because right. it uses the original oh, swivel right. housing, it moves the caliper yeah. outboard Too to much. the point yeah. where it interferes with the wheel. So interesting. Uh, that one has some pros and cons. Uh, you know, some things are good about that. Brian's done a a good job of refining that kit mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. A, a point where it's uh, a little bit nicer and
0: tidier than it used to be. They make um, some cool stuff. They make new yeah. uh, swivels for the stage ones. They make yes. lots of stage one parts actually, which no one else. If without those guys, they simply wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to replace this well housings on the one because it was <laughs> only made for that car. And uh, they've also got portal axles for a Defender, uh, portal uh, adapters for the end of the axle for a Defender, which just bolts on. Uh, it really interesting. Uh, I'd love to actually, like, try one, you know.
1: Yeah, I think that, that process or that project is still in process, the, yeah. the portal yeah. bolt-on portals for a Series mm-hmm. or You Defender. No. I think they're still, you know, trialing those kind of and, working and around so it. forth. Yeah, yeah but uh there's a lot of different companies that make bolt-on portals that's another topic for another totally, day yeah, that's but, yeah uh, we'll,
0: we'll get that in the list but
1: yeah, yeah check out uh, uh design and developments other stuff they i think they're doing an ev differential mm-hmm. casting or differential cnc machine differential
0: housing yeah where you're able to put the motor right onto mm-hmm. the differential which is a really interesting design that's an interesting way to do it
1: so uh they're they're doing some neat stuff over there yep so uh one of the other kits that uh you see uh, regularly is um uh, the the Zeus disc brake conversion. And I can yeah. remember this uh, kit from when I was a kid. So it's been in production for a long time. Mm-hmm. Now, the Zeus disc brake conversion, I believe, uh, uses uh, a proprietary like caliper and pad scenario. Uh, I see. So they've made something that I believe fits under the stock wheels, mm-hmm. but uh, it uses a sort of a combination of components for the the consumables. Right. So... Uh the good thing is, you know, it's a, it's a bolt-on kit. You get disc brakes on your Land Rover, but the bad thing is, you know, I think if you need pads you have to go back to Zeus themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh,
0: if at any point in the future they stop producing those, you might be, be in a pickle. Uh, could be an issue. Yeah, you may want to stock up on pads before, you know, just in case. But uh and and that mm-hmm. also modifies the existing uh, swivel ball housing, right? That doesn't replace the swivel, or does
1: it? It, it doesn't replace the swivel, no. So uh, you, you, I believe use your original swivel housing, mm-hmm. and the the way that they get the clearance necessary is by using yeah. a different caliper and yeah, pad. So stuff, the yeah. bad thing is about that. I mean, less modification is a good thing, mm-hmm. but the bad thing is you're kind of stuck yeah. with uh, those single, uh, consumables. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, it might be a Jaguar pad. I would need to do a little bit more research right. on the. So zeus uh be, people seem to be happy with them mm-hmm. they, I believe make one for the forward control as well, which uh mm. most of the other manufacturers ignore that because there's not a lot of isn't... not a lot of one-on-one forward controls no, out there, there so, sure isn't. I believe no. that at least historically they have made some kits for 101 forward control. So oh, if you have a 101, that might yeah. be your only option only unless option you want to, to make something it. super custom. Yeah, do something, yeah, custom. And <laughs> uh, and <laughs> what about
0: the uh, what about the pedal side of that equation? Do you leave the existing uh, master cylinder uh, in place, does this uh need so, an updated master cylinder?
1: Yeah, you know, because the the fu- the way that disc brakes work, they typically have less friction area than a drum brake. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't have as much friction area like a drum brake has a lot more contact between mm-hmm. the shoe and the drum than a disc brake does. Disc brake pads uh work on the rotor. They pinch the rotor and they typically have a lot less surface area than a than a drum brake does. So, to um to effectively counteract that they use line pressure so they pinch it really hard you know and so uh they do typically work better with a boosted system so Mm -hmm. whether that's a servo or hydro boost you're probably going to want
0: a servo assist on the hydraulic lines right because you can't uh, Mm -hmm. you're not really going to realize much improvement if you leave a non-assisted master cylinder
1: no you just have to push really hard you (laughs) just feel like you're just pushing really hard on the brakes and it'll feel yeah. like kind of wooden. So, yep. Yep. And then uh, the, the disc brake conversion that we use the most is the the bin disc brake conversion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's similar to the Hayasti conversion, similar to um some of the other designs. Santana is another one that we didn't touch on. Oh, right. Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah. Santana is a company that uh, installed disc brakes on their cars. Mm-hmm. Moritab did as well, I believe, The uh, Iranian mm-hmm. Land Rover manufacturer. That's right, manufacturer. yeah. Yep. And I've never actually seen those in person. I've only seen pictures of those. So I don't know exactly yeah. how they're configured differently. But the, the Santana ones, probably on which the Mortab ones are based, um, yeah. they use a, a more factory design. They have a special swivel and all that. And depending on yeah. what era they are, they're completely proprietary. So some right. people have found these axles and put them in their series Land Rovers. But for most people, it's not really practical because... Right parts availability and the accessibility of those that's not going to turn up here especially here in the
0: united states is real real tricky maybe in spain might be able to do that in spain maybe in spain maybe in um
1: so the forbin disc brake conversion they're made uh here in california they're Mm. a cnc aluminum billet swivel housing Mm -hmm. um which you know for the uninitiated might sound uh like maybe you don't want uh, an aluminum swivel housing right Right. A lot of uh, a lot of trucks and yeah. uh, vehicles have used aluminum swivel housings in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Pins Gowers, you know the German yeah. military yeah. vehicle made by Steyr They have yeah.
0: an aluminum swivel housing. Uh, to name uh, name one, and that is a much older, obviously, aluminum uh, machining process than the, the modern ones. Which is you know billet aluminum now is extraordinarily reliable, extraordinarily strong. Um, and much easier to make those complex it's pretty, shapes and things. It's pretty them, tough casting.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the swivel housing that they produce is quite a bit thicker than mm-hmm. the original cast iron one. Mm-hmm. So you know this this has the advantage of using all the stock consumable components, the mm-hmm. calipers, rotors, etc. And uh, you can keep your stock wheels. So it's mm-hmm. kind of the best of both worlds in that way. Right. It uses the standard steering arms, standard mm-hmm. swivel balls, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's it's the most costly sure, of the yeah. group. Um, it's about thirty five hundred bucks for just the casting or just the billet yep. components. So that's mm-hmm. the hubs, swivels, um, hardware, mm-hmm. uh, brake lines. But it doesn't include any of the consumables, right? And it doesn't include the brake um, hardware, the pedal box, the right. servo, yeah. any of that stuff. Um, so, so it can it's be
0: potentially as much as what double that almost, <clears> hey? <throat>
1: Yeah. You know, obviously it depends on whether you install it yourself or right. have somebody install it. Right. But, um, you know, typically when you're doing this process, you're, if you're replacing the swivel housing, you, the likelihood that you will replace the swivel is very high. Right. Because the swivels are typically old, as old as the vehicle. And, yep. uh, if you don't have a good sealing surface against the swivel seal, then you run into a problem where, it's going to leak oil It's going to leak like crazy, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you, you know, typically you're going to replace all that stuff. And if you do and you, you have to do the pedal box and the servo and everything, it can cost over $10,000 sure. to do this yeah. brake conversion. Yeah, by the time you've got bearings
0: and seals and everything, you might as well do all of that sort of stuff while you're in there. You and know. if you're paying some, uh, paying a shop to
1: do the work, yeah. you know, then uh, it can be even more. You know, yeah, if you're sure. modifying, having them do the body work, modifying the fender, the bulkhead. So it can be a, a daunting, economically daunting project. Yeah. But yeah, I will say that is far cheaper than running into anything. So <laughs>
0: It's true. It's true. It's mm. better than careening into a lake. Yeah, so they, that's, they that's pay definitely.
1: for themselves the first time that you really use them.
0: Yeah, first time you don't crash into a FedEx truck. That's, uh, yeah, they really, that's true. So we really
1: uh, we do a lot of these disc brake conversions, mm-hmm. and I think uh, you know for some people it really makes sense. You know the the cost of good drum brake components is getting high enough yeah. that a disc brake conversion uh, really does make sense. I think that um, I think for some some people, yeah, they just look at the economic reality of of uh, having good brakes and the pleasure of driving yeah. a car
0: that has good brakes, and it it makes yeah. sense. And certainly if you've modified the car in any way, the engine uh, drivetrain significantly, it's not a bad idea to do that. Obviously those cars and those drum brakes were really only meant for the power that was in that little four cylinder or the diesel engine and uh, not an LS1 or something or even a 300 TDI or something like that, that, that people will sometimes swap into series cars. So very often makes sense for that. Well, That uh, brings us to the end of uh, today's discussion and uh, our two part series on Resto Mod Mm -hmm. Breaks. If you liked uh, this conversation about uh, Resto Modding, your series Land Rover, let us know. Uh, You know, comment on Instagram, on the show posts, or whatever. And uh, let us know if you like this stuff because uh, Ike is literally a bottomless pit of information uh, about. Uh, modifying and improving your series Land Rover. So uh, with that, unfortunately, we have run out of time for Ike's uh, review of Nando's, and uh, we uh, will uh, promise to get to that uh, in a future show, possibly if you come and see us at Destination Defender. Uh, Maybe uh, like a poetry slam, uh, maybe Ike will do it uh, in person. We'll, we'll, We'll just have to see. Be amazing. All right, well, we'll see you next week. All right. Thanks, Steven.